Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Reality Talk, what's up? What's How up, love? How are you? Great. I'm not going to keep you on here long, but I just wanted to give a shout out to you with that book of yours. And can you give me a little bit of, um, just a little bit of inside of that book and what made you write something so in depth? Because I can feel it. Yeah. Uh, well, first, thanks, man. I much appreciated. Uh, but what made me come up with that book, honestly, it was, it was a couple of things. Uh, I had a conversation with a friend at that time because uh, I hated taking breaks at one point. You know, I've learned to now because I'm older now. But at one point, I hated taking a break, man. I wanted to uh, move at 100 miles an hour all the time. And I wasn't trying to take no breaks. And uh, I had a friend who had a conversation with me and she had me pause for a minute and really take inventory of all of the things that I've been able to do uh, with books, with uh, going after, going back to my old elementary school and speaking to the kids, uh, with writing my first book, with speaking on a podium, um, How was that the first things. time? Did you when you did that? What speaking on a podium? Yeah, the first time. Um, it was fun. It was fun, man. It was definitely. I was nervous a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. I was. Yeah, I was definitely nervous a little bit. But, um, but it was fun. You know, I'm glad I got to experience that, and it was in front of uh, people who had uh, disabilities. I think. Yeah, it was in front of people that had disabilities. And um, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I really didn't. But I was open to it when it did, you know, most definitely. And um, this conversation that I had with my friend really got me to thinking about all of the different things and places that I've been able to go to and things that I've been able to do. Um, Example. And how I broke away from my nine to five and really just wanted to pursue books full time. Uh, and just thinking about all of that stuff, man. And I, I really, um, cause I was gonna take a break, to be honest with you. I was gonna take a break uh, and focus on like perfume and other stuff. Wow. And so I was like, well, if I'm gonna take a break and if it's gonna be a while before I write anything else, right? I wanna have a graceful bow out. I wanna go out with a bang. And so, um, that was the initial thought behind the book. Now, granted, I haven't taken no break. I haven't. I've, I'm still writing. But at the time, that's what I was thinking. You know, I was like, well, I'm not quitting, but I'm taking See, a that's step what back. I like. That's what I like. What gives you that that um, that motivation to keep writing? You know, what, what gives you that? It's not just about the money. It's not just about what gives you, you know, what makes you want to just keep and being going at it and being one of the best writers you can be. Uh, honestly, the reviews, man. I, I look at the reviews every day of what people said about my first book, what people have said about my second. Yeah. Uh, and just going back and, and looking at the reviews and reminding myself, like, you're on the right track. That you inspires know, you. Yeah. So I check the reviews, not every day, but at least maybe two to three times a week, I check them. You know, when I have writer's block of uh, things that I'm working on right now, I check them. 
Like honestly speaking, I, I do. I check them as as long as I can and as as much as I can. So I would say reviews is definitely number one. And uh, being around people that. Do you think you can write something like that? Or are, are your books uh, about, like, uh, dealing with... I, I, I would say, okay, it's reality. It's dealing with what, what we're going through and so forth. But have you ever right. written any kind of, like, fictional, like... Because, you know, I like horror flicks. I like mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, or, or novels, like romance and stuff like that. Do you write those kind of books? Uh, well, it's funny. I actually... I actually do plan on doing a love story Um, because I don't want to be, I I don't, I hate being uh, typecasted. Right. So that's what I was asking. Just, yeah. So spot. Right. And that's, that's actually why I do. I don't just do books. That's actually why uh, I do podcasting. I do books. I have stopped because I don't want to just be known for books. That's just me. I don't want to just be known for that. Um, I feel like if you have multiple gifts, then you should show your multiple gifts. I don't well, think hey, that you well, should. Well, you just want to say, I want to do perfumes. That's a real good gift. That's, I mean, just, what made you, because that's, I love perfumes. I love <laughs> to smell good. I love oils. I love all that. I mean, what made you chime into something like that and get in mentally, like, this is what I want to do. I want to do some, some fragrances. Yeah, well, I well honestly, uh, that yeah, came Tyler's from other walking places. around stinking ass that, people. Uh, that came from one the music I was listening to, because a lot of the music that I was listening to, um, it, it dealt with people that did multiple things. They started off with music, and then they branched off and they did other stuff. That's and I was like, well, what makes them any different for me? So. If it's something that I can apply myself to, then I feel like I, I could succeed at it too. So, um, so I was listening to uh, people like P Diddy and Jay Z and Drake yes. and these mogul type rappers, like these are people that are moguls. And I was like, well, if they started off in one area and got successful in it, and then they branched off and did other stuff, That's shit, enough. why why can't I take my chances? So, um, so yeah, that was my initial motivation to perfume. And then once I, once I started dealing with like the samples and sending out samples to people, uh, I found my own love for it. You know, I found my own love for, uh, for doing that. But yeah, it was initially motivated by music. It was motivated by the people that I grew up on and people that I listened to. And I was like, well, not much different from them than me. So so Why do you not? think that that would be like a stumbling block for you? Like if you have too much like weighing in at one time, which one would you say outweighs the most? Would you, which one would you stick with the most now that you, whichever one is doing the most or selling the most, your books or your perfumes or how do you juggle the two? Well, right now it's, right now it's books, right? Because fragrances cost, it costs money to do. It's not a free thing. It costs money too. Right. Uh, even if even if you want to like find a website that does everything for you, you have to pay for that. Um, wow. How much is that? So it's co- can I ask you to, for the perfumes and to because I'm interested. All right. So what was your question? 
How do you go about, like, with the perfumes? You said websites and stuff. How do you go about getting started? Once you, okay, not only just with the the perfumes, with your book, okay, or Mm -hmm. just one book. How do you go about getting started, like, getting it published? Do you, you, how do you search out for good authors? Or you're the author in itself of your own books. I do my own thing. I do my own books. Um, I self-publish them. Uh, yes, I have an editor that I work oh. with, but I, but I went the self-publishing route, and I had a mentor um, that spoke to me about that. You know, initially I thought about uh, going the traditional route of submitting my book to somebody else, but mm-hmm. but I like but I like working at my own pace much better. Exactly. And I wanted this. I want to decide when I release my stuff. I don't want to feel like. Um, if I don't sell a thousand copies, then I can't release my books. I, I didn't want to feel like that. So um, going to self-publishing, they would, not only, they would steal your story. To me, they would, they would take your whole project if uh, you go in and someone is marketing with you. Because your marketing ideas, when I listen to you talk, is phenomenal. That's what draw me to you is the mm-hmm. way you talk. The way you... Um, head you know the way you bring or tell your stories or whatever your stuff comes to life do you understand what i'm saying you don't have to use big words or like dynamics and all this other stuff to 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 get me to understand where you're coming from and when you start talking about marketing when you start talking about helping others or it's you you got me right there you know teaching younger generation you know how to start saving and you actually yeah. taught me about the uh cash app as far as um buying into stocks because i was thinking and i started actually thanks to you i started doing it yeah so give your hands you know shout outs to you because i i actually started doing that what you suggested to do and i looked into it i was already looking into it but with all yeah. these uh, scams and all the, you know, what people are doing nowadays, Melo, it's really hard to find, you know, somebody trustworthy. And you got to yeah. be careful who you put your money in. And, you know, like they said, put your money where your mouth is. You got to be careful. That's you know, true. Please be careful because um, I haven't heard anything negative about it. So therefore, listen, you're doing okay. You're sitting pretty well. You haven't complained about it, so <laughs> I actually well, look at that. I go by that. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you like. I'm glad you took my suggestion, man. Most definitely, uh, because uh, honestly, nobody told me about it. Like nobody. This whole idea of of black wealth and um, being financially free and financially stable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't learn about that from from family members. I learned about that because I saw people living the life that I wanted to live, and I and I wanted to um, see what books they were reading. I wanted to see what interviews they were watching. Yeah. And so I did my own due diligence with that. That didn't come from family members or nothing like that. You know what I mean? That was just I was just naturally interested, and I found. Uh, I've, as you said, I found my own building blocks. I, I, you know, I use books as one of my building blocks. Podcasting is one of my building blocks. Stocks is my building block. 
but that was stuff that I just naturally was drawn to on my own. That didn't have nothing to do with, with family members. Um, yes. And I just, I was craving better. I was craving a better life for myself. I was craving a better life for uh, my friends, my family, anybody that comes along that I uh, feel shares my vision. Like I was, I was craving a better life. That didn't have nothing to do with family members. I was craving that. And so um, I just went with what I was drawn to, you know, from books to audiobooks to what I watch on YouTube. Like I'm really big into being drawn to stuff. That's really, that's when I'm most successful at it is when I'm naturally drawn to it. Uh, when I feel like, when I feel like I have to dumb myself down because somebody else recommended it to me, yes. I don't do well with it. I don't, I don't do well with it. I want to ask you a question now that you said that when you're talking about the marketing and I'm sorry cutting you off because I don't want it to slip and just pass me by when we're talking Mm -hmm. about marketing and you know investing and so forth with this COVID okay yeah now we're talking about real stuff here now uh serious talk serious conversation as you see the heading what do you think how can someone save and how can someone because there's so many people losing their jobs and stuff like that how can you possibly say with this type of stuff that's going on Mellow, how can someone think about stocks and stuff like that is this a good time to start thinking about all that well yeah i mean because research has shown that in times of recession in times of a crisis that's when the wealthiest people become wealthy because that because mm-hmm. they look at stuff different you know while a lot of people are panicking um, the people that are in a position to, even if it's just to put down $20 on a stock and you let it sit and you let it build and you don't touch it, that stock could be worth, even though it's $20 today, it could be worth 20000 in two years because you're letting it build up over time and you're not touching it. You're letting it, um, as they say, accumulate interest. So. Smart. So, so even if it's just small to me amounts. or saying to the other ones out here that what if they cannot afford, like you say, $20 to put to the side, how would you, you know, what would you mm-hmm. tell them, you know, what would be a best way to start saving start because you're right when the recession, when stuff hits like that, that is the time to start thinking about like the pennies and the quarters and nickels and dimes, those cents add up to dollars, you know, when you say, right. so, you know, I would suggest, yeah, save, save as much as you can because we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going right. to happen. So with the younger ones that are going to school, what would you say to them? Stay, of course, in school. Don't be no fool. Or what, what would you say to them? Um, obviously stay in school, but also find your own books to read. Don't mm. just go off of the school system. Like, mm. don't be 100% dependent on the school system. I mean, yeah, I, uh, in my own experience, yes, I went to school, but I also, again, like I said, I also started uh, going off in my own direction and I started okay. picking up business books. I started picking up books about uh, about the stock market. I started picking up books about passive income. Um, I picked up books about marketing. I picked up books about business. And um, so that way, I have options now and I've leveled the playing field with my job. So if my job decides tomorrow or whenever that 
I'm no longer a good fit for their jo- for their job or their company. Um, because I've been setting up my own things on the side, it's now optional if I want to stay at my job. I don't have to stay at my job. And exactly. I want to encourage more people to have options. Um, if you have a nine to five, keep your nine to five. I am not saying, Please. and let this be on record, that I am not saying to quit your job. No. That's not what I'm saying. No, but but it, I, I have found that it is important to have options, you know, because uh, I didn't quit my jobs. I was let go. I was let go from my jobs. So and it was I good that to, you mentioned that too when you said uh, far as when you go to school, cutting you off on that one too. Sorry, when you say far as going to school and picking up other books, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reading other things that is outside of school, you know, because honestly, I, I get it. I understand George Washington. I get understanding history, but you got to start understanding history. That's what's going on today. You got to start reading and getting deeper in with what's going on today. Because yesterday is already past, as y'all. It has right. been gone, been the story's been told over and over again. Let's make new history. That's what I'm trying to say. What can we tell these children? Not sell to them, sell them a story or a dream. What can we say to them that we know for well from you, from your own experiences as a black man? What yeah. age did you start saying? Ah, I see where this route is that in life where, where it's taking me as a black man. I want to start putting money to the side for myself. Even if I don't get married, even if I don't have family, I still got to think about how I'm going to eat as a human being, as a black man. What age did you start, Faith? Honestly, I started at 24. Uh, I started at 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, because the there was something that uh, one of my mother's roommates had said to me that she didn't know planted the seed, but she had said um, something along the lines of, you do what I tell you to do. Hey. And she didn't know, but that created a ripple effect with me um, because I didn't want to live my life that way. I didn't want to live my life just feeling like I'm trading, um, I'm trading managers feeling like I'm just trading managers. Yeah. Like one person at this job is telling me that I got to do as I'm told. And then I go to another job and I got to do as I'm told at that job too. So in high, in ment- mentally, even though I was at my job, right? I was still, I still went to work, but mentally I was already thinking of, okay, so what can I do to level the playing field? What can I do to put myself in a position where, um, a job is more so because I want to be there, not because I have to be there. Exactly. And um, I was around 24 when I came to that realization uh, because of, again, you know, that's one of the things that in the black community that we say to kids, like, you do what I tell you to do. That's one of the things that we say. And um, I don't know. I just, I disagree with that after a while. Um, So that means that if I'm sick, and I know I'm sick. That means that I still got to go to work. That means that um, I don't have a choice to take a day off. Mm-hmm. I still have to go to work, you know, and I could be sick, vomiting my face off. Yeah. And my job would not care at all. My no. job would not, would s- still want me to suck it up um, and still go to work. And 
I didn't want to, I didn't want to be like that. I wanted to be able to say like, yo, like I'm sick. Like I can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere today. And I didn't want to feel guilty for losing work off of that. I just, I, I didn't. So um, that's really where the, the, the nugget was planted in my brain for me to uh, start planting seeds to step away from my job. Like it was 24, 25. That's really when it kind of came full circle and it kind of hit me to start. You know uh, what I, what I, what I, what I, um, you know, am not really understanding why, you know, so many of our ancestors, so many of our great loved ones have passed on, right? All mm-hmm. our, you know, mamas and papas and grandpapas and aunties and uncles. I'm sure there's some people in you all's family that have taught you all morals and values and so forth in life. And it's right. to the point, it's not even just Martin Luther King. It's not even just like a Harriet Tubman. You've got those people in your own family that want to see changes. Why can't you make your family proud of you? Why can't we make our our family, our, our community proud of us? You know, make a difference, make a change. And it's easier said than done. And, you know, I'm not trying to do this. I have a dream story. But you all, this is evitable. This is signs of the times this is time for us to get ourselves together and like you said you know you can't buy your way into heaven you can't buy your way into paradise you know and it is and they say this is a season of giving to me every every day every season is a season of giving to me I give all the time but for you giving that knowledge and to be young 24 a black man to think about, hey, values and this and that, and you could be out there in the street doing some getting into some serious garbage. You set aside yeah. time to think about your life, my life, what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, what I want to be. What were you doing at 24? What were you in school? What were you doing? If you don't mind me asking. No, no, it's all good. I don't mind at all. Uh, at 24, I, honestly, I was still trying to figure myself out and. Right. What what kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What kind of tipped me over the edge into saying, you know what, I want to be um, an entrepreneur was uh, going back to what you were saying about you know family members uh, because yeah. I had a I had an experience with my grandfather um, that that I share with everyone, anyone who's willing to ask. Please, um, I'm asking. What was it? Please. Uh, I had went out to Mississippi uh, because my grandfather had passed. He had passed on, and he was no longer okay. with us. And before that, uh, I was not worried about responsibility at all. Or I was, but it wasn't a priority to me. Right. Um, I wanted to have fun because I saw, you know, people my age, 20, 21, 22, uh, having fun. I saw them going out. I saw them having fun. I saw them pretty much doing whatever they wanted to do. And um, in some kind of way, I think I might have felt a little bit left out before I saw my grandfather. Uh, So I was trying to do what they were doing initially. And uh, I remember when I got the call that my grandfather was no longer with us. Uh, Initially, I wasn't going to go because Mm -hmm. I, I don't like funerals. I'm not a... I'm not a down in the dumps type of person. And I feel like funerals have that type of energy. So I wasn't going to go. I 
wasn't. But um, I had a conversation with my mom about that at the time. And she was like, well, I think that you should at least go to pay your respects. And I was like, all right, you know what? You're right. I should at least do that. So so I agreed to go with her. And I and we went. It was uh, my aunt, my mother, my cousin, and myself. So it was like four of us from the East Coast going down south. Okay. And uh, when we got there, uh, before the funeral, uh, we had stayed in one of my grandfather's bedrooms. And I was having a conversation with my aunt about what type of man he was. And it was then that my grand, that my aunt revealed to me that my grandfather was entrepreneurial. He had his own businesses. He had, um, he was a real estate investor. Uh, he had a nonprofit organization. Uh, he had a construction company and then he also had a TV repair shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, my aunt was telling me that almost all the men on my mother's side are all business-minded to some degree. Some of us have our own business. Some of us do marketing. Some of us do accounting. But everybody on my grandfather's side of the of the family, my grandfather down to my mother, down to myself, like all the men Look in our family, wow. are business, are business-minded. Yeah. And um, that's when it really started to click because my at my jobs, I didn't like being told what to do. I didn't like people on top of me about uh what my job should be i kind of i felt like if you tell me what it is that you asked me to do i can go do it i I don't need you to be on top of me like that and so um that's when it really kind of just came full circle uh you're a boss (laughs) yeah you know me that's that's why i'm here you you knew that you were going to be a boss and that right there, yeah. is, in a nutshell, was self-explanatory when your family, when you found out how all, how they were, how they are in your family business, you know, minded. And yeah. I think, excuse me, that's, you got your puzzle. The, the missing pieces was right there. That's yeah. why I said, if we listen to our, our ancestors, if we listen to our family and we listen to the dialogue, listen, you're here for a reason. The purpose right. of you being here is to what pass on what has been passed on to you, and hopefully the next generation, you want them to do and to learn a little bit more, because this is your family tree. This is your legacy that you're yeah. leaving for your family, and whatever chain that was not broken, you can break it now for your family. And you know right. what? This is not the time to get jealous of people. You all, I don't have a jealous bone in my body. If anything, I would <clears throat> take something of what you have. And if I like it, I love it. Uh, it's just like seasoning. You know, yeah. I'll, you know, dab a little bit into my life. A little seasoning, something to spice it up. But I'm not going to be jealous of you. I'm going to tell you that you're perfect. You're different. You're unique. You know, you're special. And, you know, as corny as it may sound to some people, but y'all, people need to hear that. There's yeah. people out here that's having some bad days. There's a lot of people out here that's not even in the mood of celebrating the holidays. When I went shopping yesterday, as well as today, Mel, I saw, you know, people just, you know, thinking they're going to get Christmas lights and stuff. They were like, man, I'm just coming in and give me some milk. It's like, I'm not into all the lights and stuff. You know how many people that I've had in my family that have died this year and 
this and that and relatives. I'm just not in the in the mood this year. Right. I, I hear that so much. So how do you celebrate? Do you keep on celebrating because others are not in the mood? Um. Well, sometimes I feel like, you know what? Sometimes I feel like you have to. I mean, because you can't we're all I, I understand that we're all in you know different levels and different playing fields and all of that stuff right i get that but if something good happened for you today you have to learn to celebrate for yourself you can't always um base it on if somebody else is watching or not because then you'll never celebrate you'll never you you'll never be proud of yourself you'll always feel like you need to um have an audience and there you go. And that's what I've you learned. call it. What's the word? Narcissist kind of thing? Where you feel like, you know, you got to, you know, be the be the whatever of the show, be the, I guess, the uh, leader of every little show or every little family event. Because I know yeah. in my family, sweetie, I, I've had, oh my God, your favorite uncles, the ones that come with the belt buckle over the stomach. <laughs> they come in there thinking that they can dance and shake and you know hey hey show me this move <laughs> you know you know and yeah. those moments are not like they used to be no more that's what I'm saying those to me those are like some funny memorable moments like man right. I miss my uncles doing that and in the kitchen and everybody laughing and having a good time I miss that and I'm hearing even just now before I talk to you, I'm hearing like even on the stereo, you know, uh, when you're chiming in, I'm listening to people talking about COVID and hearing how they're talking about in their state and what's happening. And you all, this is, this is like really, I've never experienced this. I've heard about the depression and stuff like that from my grandparents and, you know, yeah. even, uh, you know, as far as my dad telling us stories you know, what he used to watch his father go through, but I never yeah. thought, no, honestly, I never dreamed that we were going to be going through stuff like this. I I never dreamed. Oh. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, um, you got to find the light in the, in the darkness. You know, I, I don't think that. What do you mean by that? You you gotta find you gotta find stuff to be grateful for even in bad times. Like there, there's always a silver lining. It's okay, never bleak. To... Now now the conversation getting heated. We always friends, me and Melo. This is how we are. We do have heated conversations, y'all. Everything ain't always peachy peachy with his little peachy ass. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, no. listen. If I'm pe- look, if I'm peaches, she's lemons, y'all. So sometimes we squirt. Ew, another subject. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, you know, um, speaking about the COVID, I kind of, kind of disagree with you on that. That's why I said we can agree and disagree and still get along. That's why it's called. I was the number one. I won almost like for three years in a row in high school the debate club. So we mm-hmm. can, we can bring it on. Now, I debate with you on this one. When you say, okay, I find a light at the end of the tunnel with all this other stuff. Listen, uh, there's been people, including me, and you know, that, that and I was depressed. Because, I mean, I'm human. I'm human. And y'all, mm-hmm. let me tell you, doctors need doctors too. 
because they're what? They're human. My point is this, the COVID, you know, when somebody dies that's close to you, more than not just one person, but you got two people in the family that now died of it. You tell me when they say the light at the end of the tunnel and stuff like that, what do you mean by that? Because when you turn on the news, there is no light. When you're talking about the light, that means somebody's going to die walking to the light. You know, I mean, let's do the debate on this. Now, some people may not agree with what you're saying because there's so much negativity that's in this news, in the media. Do you think, for real, for real, do you think the media, I don't know, could be wrong because I know, you know, what grandma died of, okay? I know what my uncle died of. But I also knew, knew that they also had like asthma or, you know, bronchitis but they didn't go into the hospital with that. But do you think to a certain aspect that, okay, they should have told us about it, the heading, but do you think that, um, how would I say, it's not blown out of proportion, but do you think that to, certain, to a certain degree it is? Or do you think that, you know, help me to understand? Because at one point I really didn't believe in all this shit. I ain't gonna lie to you. At one point I didn't until it hit me at home. Yeah. Am I wrong for um, saying that? No. Well, no. I mean, no, I don't think you're wrong for, for saying that. Why? Because that was your experience. Right. And nobody could ever tell you that you're wrong for your experience. Thank you. Or at least Thank I don't you. Think so. so uh, with that being said, no, you're not wrong. Um, and as far as COVID, uh, I do think that it should be taken seriously, whether you have COVID or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part that I disagree with is the vaccine mandatory and make it in mandatory. Why? I disagree with that. Why? Because everybody's body is different. You don't know if the if the vaccine is going to work, if it's not going to work. You, do you have proof? And that's when you talk about the population control, because, you know, I did a dab in politics and right. you know, we can we can talk about this all day and night. The politicians that I work with, you know, I think if you want to know the truth, I, you know, <clears throat> This has a lot to do with also the aging. It's because it does affect certain people, meaning the elderly, uh, people that have bronchitis, that have asthma, uh, people that have like serious health issues. It affects those that are not taking care of themselves in many ways. So with that being said, yeah, we got to take care of ourselves. And we got to look out for those that do have asthma that that needs to, as one would say, that to, to keep in line of their prednisones to make sure that their lungs are open. Because I have three people in my household that are asthmatic. I have two right. as far as my son and my daughter. And I mean nebulizers at our house, meaning that we are like stocked up on prednisones. But the thing is, I noticed, and God is good, that I yeah. have not, we, I haven't had, um, before all this was happening, I was running to the hospital with my son. You can see it on Facebook, left and right, even when him playing basketball, it was a time where I was like, I don't know if he can play y'all, because his asthma was acting up so much. But now by him really taking care of himself and eating as far as being vegan and doing his exercise, I see a change in my son as far as his health. 
I see a change in his breathing. I see a change even in his mood. You know, he's he's more like energetic because he I don't know what it is. If you keep yourself in shape, you guys, because actually I'm learning a lot from my son. You seen how many stairs I got in my house on one side yeah. of the house, Nello. Now imagine on the other side, you know, I just got out the hospital with the uh, the shingles. And so my left knee is kind of hard. So I'm going up and down the stairs with my son and he's exercising with me. So, I mean, we really got to keep ourselves in shape. And yeah. for those, like I said, that have asthma, oh God, y'all. Pray for them, look out for them. People that have bronchitis, any type of breathing problems, please look out for them. Because in Chicago, I mean, I've never, and I'm so glad that we're on this conversation. Excuse me. I've never seen so many, as well as heard of so many people, especially in our community. Our community are dying, are dying because of lack of knowledge. And it's not the fact that just because you don't know, you just said something, your experience, just because your experience, it doesn't make you a dumb person, whatever you just said, you know, and it's also, if you don't have that knowledge and you you don't know something, that doesn't make you a dumb person. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, because I've always been uh, into this whole thing of if I don't know something, educate me. Don't belittle me because I don't know. Like, and I, and I, I think that's the problem. I think that a lot of times people, uh, if you don't know something, they're automatically quick to call you dumb or they're automatically quick to call you stupid because you don't know. Hello, Reality Talk and King of Steel. This is Queen Quetta. I just wanted to say hi to everyone and just letting y'all know I'm showing some love. Hi, Queen Hey, thanks, Queen. How are you? Thanks for uh, chiming in, stopping in to have a conversation. We're just uh, kicking a breeze and talking about what's going on here and everywhere. Um, and he's also talking with us about saving money and so forth. And, you know, I we're doing like this debate. I did debate club in the three years in high school. And I we can debate this till we're blue in the face with the COVID. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm trying to figure out how can you save how can one save so much, you know, as far as the money and if people losing their jobs, how can you save anything, you know, when you speak of marketing? And I like what you said, uh, King of Steel, about if I don't know some, educate me. Don't down me and just automatically place me in a box of ignorancy. And uh, I had a brother that uh, I've been friends with since middle school. and He was educating me on this new marketing. And he was telling me how they're doing these classes on how to go by doing it. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to send you some information let you read up on it and see if you want to get into it. So I, I agree with you on what you said. We must get involved with one another's, uh, not just spiritual wisdom and knowledge, but get me edified on today's world and what's going on in a spiritual sense. Because he also say we're not ignorant to Satan's devices. Let me tell you something about her right now. I'm picking up on, I'm a prophetess uh, too. Let me tell you about her spirit that I picked up on. And grandma taught me so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Heard, I can hear it in her voice. She's a no-nonsense kind of woman. She's a 
earthly woman, a mother. She's a jack of all trades and she's a no nonsense kind of woman. They to play with. What I mean by this is, you know, her lack of knowledge, you know, it's more that she picks more that she knows, the more she grows. And the more yeah. she dishes out to her family. And I can feel her enthusiasm, you know, when she speaks, when she just spoke. And then he goes on to say that for my children are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. It's just not spiritual knowledge that yes. we must live with to it's grow true. on. But we must keep up with the th- with the times. Absolutely. Listen to her. You, you see what I'm saying? You hear that? Sister is deep. And you all have to understand women, and no disrespect to my brothers, but women are the nurturing tool. We're the nurturing tool. So, you know, King, what I want to say to you as far as with the knowledge that you have with your marketing skills and so forth, yeah, I I mean, I want to learn. I want to know because you're never too old. As long as you got breath in your body, you're still learning every day, something new. So, right. yeah, whatever you have to pass on, like, you know, I ran track. And when you pass on that baton that goes in the back of you, you pass it on to the next runner. Yeah. yeah. Please pass on that knowledge. Whatever you know, let me know. Because, you know, knowledge is power. And there's things that I need to know as far as marketing. Who do I trust with my money? You know, because there's so many yeah. scams out here, Mello. I don't know who to trust. When you say marketing, who do I trust? Well, I mean, um, I'm going to quote one of my favorite rappers in the world. But uh, somebody once said that the best type of marketing is marketing that doesn't feel like marketing. So if you so marketing is not supposed to feel salesy. Okay. it's not supposed it's not supposed to feel salesy. Um, I mean, even down to like, uh, cause I learned from you as well. It's not, it's not a one way street, y'all. She teaches me some stuff also. And, um, if I've learned anything from you, man, it's to not be so uptight all the time. That's one thing I've learned from you. Um, cause she is as mellow as, as my name says, that is Lady Diane or Reality Talk. Yes, Lord. she's very mellow. Yeah. Uh, so that—that's one of the things that I've picked up on on Diane. But uh, so wait a minute, you're saying I gotta stop being so what? Stop, stop being so moody. I mean, I'm a Taurus. I don't like bullshit. I'm just gonna keep it real. <laughs> uh, you know I don't. So I know. I mean, I'll move myself away from it before I start, you know, slaying in it because I will slay your ass. I will shred you to pieces. <laughs> you know, when you covered by the blood, it says, touch yeah. not my anointed ones and do my servants no harm. Trust me, when you covered by the blood, I will attack you tenaciously with the spirit of God. And you don't want to mess with his wrath. All right. Moving on. by saying that, yeah, I do have that attitude. You know, not that the fact that I know it all, because I don't. The fact is, I want to know. I need to know, because that's how I grow. And when right. you all say, as far as uh, criticism, you got to understand, 
when somebody gives you criticism, now it's, it's the thing of too much criticism too now. But when someone gives you criticism, mind you, that's the mirror. They're looking at yeah. you in an angle where you can't look at yourself. You can't see yourself. So either you absorb and take in that criticism or you can be a bitch about it, you know? And to be honest with you, I like to take it in. I like to relish it. I like to be, especially when you get the same confirmation over and over again with that criticism, then you know you're lacking something in, in your growth. Right. Just listening to the show. Uh, have a good one. Just listening. Thank you hey, for what's listening. Up, Hi, how are you? Um, with that being said, I've got to understand from the depths of my heart what we're talking about and what we're dealing with as far as with the marketing. I don't understand so many gimmicks out here. And when people are losing, them, you know, are losing. There is a lot of people that are not gaining like you guys think they are. There's a lot of people like, you know, pretending like they got this and that and they ain't got shit. They ain't right. got a pot to piss in and a window to throw it out of. Amen. But let's keep it real. Let me let, let's get catch this message. I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm getting. I like that reality speaks. Yes, I do. I receive it. Constructive criticism. That is something we all need to learn how to embrace. Because even the word of God says, a wise man will respect rebuction, but a fool won't. If I don't care about you, I ain't going to pull your coat. I ain't going to tell you nothing. I'm going to just keep on letting you do like a pig and waddle in your slop. And you ain't even, yes, you ain't even, I ain't even got to stop doing what I'm doing to let you know. I could be still, you know, minding my business, going about my business and having a good day. But no, I stop enough and care enough to tell you, hey, so-and-so, especially if I whisper it to you, you know, if you take that criticism the wrong way, then that's on you. That's on you, my brother and sister. So with that being said, I cannot find the proper, in today's society, the proper people mm-hmm. that I can trust with my dollar bill. I can't find somebody where I can say, okay, granddaddy will keep money in his shoe box or up under his mattress. And, no, we can't do that no well, more. Oh, shit, no. Oh, God, well, here, God. well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing about that. And I learned this a long time ago. Sometimes the people that are going to bless you don't live in your city at all. Mm. They don't. Mm. Um, and that's that something that I have to accept. Say that one more time for those in here. I feel like Sunday on Saturday. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to say it again because Lady <laughs> Diane asked me to. I'm going to say it again. Though. Um, sometimes the people that could bless you don't live in your city. Yes, Lord. That's why it even says, I, I don't know exactly where, but somewhere in the Bible, somewhere, it says, that sometimes in order for you to be successful, you have to leave your city. Yes. You're, sometimes your Step success outside. is not in your city. Step outside the box. Right. right. So so I think that, um, yes, it's unfortunate that sometimes your, your family will be the ones to deceive you. Oh, God, yes. But I do feel like it makes way for other people that really understand your vision and understand where you're going to become family it makes way for that 
even though you're losing that is so correct when you try to if you don't love anybody or care about that person you want to you'll let them continue to do wrong or go into the wrong path but if you this not discipline but if you try to steer them in the right way and give them great advice then that shows that you love a person and it's up to them to to uh to listen you know what i'm saying to uh comprehend what you're trying to have them uh understand absolutely absolutely hello 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 king of steel hello reality talk how's everyone doing tonight this evening oh hey what's up virgo hey i like that voice i like that attitude i like that feeling i like that vibe did i say i like her (laughs) but other than that um yeah you're right how do when you say step outside the box and when you go into another that you're going into another rim almost you're going into another state you're going to another city where you don't know nobody now how do i adjust myself as i step outside the box and not knowing nobody am i stepping my foot into some more mess or i mean tell me how do you do that well i feel like uh because we talk about god a lot in our conversations right and sometimes i feel like even when you're unsure god is sure Mm -hmm. so god will never put you in a situation that will make you worse than what you already were yeah so if so if he sees you trying to be better i don't think he's going to put you in a situation that makes you worse so he knows what type of connections you need he knows who you need to meet but the problem the problem is that sometimes we get in our own way. I'd yeah. say it, but it's the truth. It's because true. sometimes we have all the resources we need already. And the problem, again, is that sometimes we look at um, what we're being asked to do and we question it instead of having faith. We question what we're being asked to do. And I think that, and I'm speaking for myself because I once did it uh, before I, uh, before I really started pursuing books and some of the things that I'm pursuing right now, I questioned it. Okay. But it wouldn't leave me the fuck alone. It just wouldn't. So I knew that that's where I was supposed to be because it wouldn't leave me alone. And Tyler Perry once said something along those lines as well, that when you're drawn to something, when you're led to do something, it's not going to leave you alone. Even if you want it to, it's not going to. So the quicker that you accept that this is just something that you have to do and this is just a step in the right direction this is a stepping stone whatever you call it your journey will be a lot smoother it won't be so hard you won't be overthinking let me tell you something here right here right quick right now in jesus name before this slipped my mind i'm not Mm -hmm. even you know one time when you called me and i didn't even know how this stereo thing worked and I'm not even looking at, you know, the people or how many people coming in or so forth. God bless you if you offer those. But let me tell you something. I never used to talk like this. Never used to talk like this until something happened to me in my life. You know, until the cancer came in, until I started experiencing certain things in my life where I, I actually fell flat in my child's room on my bed, like they said Jesus did in the wilderness. And I said, Lord God, please, whatever I did wrong, Father God, forgive me of my sins, forgive me my shortcomings, Father God. When I get up out of this, I'm going to be the best mom, the best 
person, the best anything ever on this earth, you know, a reflection of you. And I'm telling you, I've been in remission for the past four years now with stomach cancer. And I thank God for that. And I've been fighting a battle. I've lost, you know, a, a couple of organs. But as you see the pictures on my IG, I, I don't wear that mask, that frame. I don't. I yeah. use my test in life as a testimony for my life so that right. I can draw others in. Because as he said, you're going to make the unbelievers become believers. And I want yeah. you all to know, I never... As they say, I'm not what I used to be, but I am what I ought to be. And I'm so glad that I am. And for those that don't like how I'm talking, this and that, I'm not going to cuss you out, throw you out, or put you out. I'm going to pray for you and love you even more. I'm going to shout for you and dance like David danced. Because I know if he can save somebody like me, (laughs) someone as wretched like me, amen, (laughs) save someone like you. So I'm here to help you. And that's why I said the march that I'm doing for the children, you know, and it says, suffer not my little children coming to me. You know, we're, we're all, can you imagine as they say back in the day, as I talked to my friend today, how they took the scrolls and this and that and carved out certain elements that they didn't want us to see. Can you imagine all the things that back then what they have gone through and what we're going what we're dealing with now it's almost like history repeating itself but yet in a different time war you know a different time a different phase because everything that's done in the dark will eventually come to the light no matter what you do you cannot hide like my grandmother used to say you can fool some of the people some of the times but you can't fool god you can't fool him you can't fool the creator you cannot, because the creator, as you know, will, I'm telling you, whoop your butt like your mother should have whooped your butt years ago. That's why, right. you know, I don't, I don't, you know, try to relish and try to be like somebody else. I just want to be like myself, be like the person that God chose me to be and to be a standing citizen, you know, and I really do care about these children, you guys, and being, saying that. Mellow, you too was a child. All of us, as we're on this yeah. phone here, we all were children. But you got to understand, I was like, you know, they got some children-minded individuals, even in the Bible. Yeah. Even in the Bible. And I'm trying to tell you, from what I've read, even a guy like Judas, even that guy that just you know just say hey I'm just going to betray the the guy that they call Messiah the guy that this miraculous stuff I'm just about to just denounce his name and you know all that that came to pass even Peter you know know, when Jesus said you know Peter you're going to deny me three times let me tell you, you all something, you know, being a, a ward of the state and someone that did not tell me or show me basically about the Bible from seven months old, like Moses was in that, that sea drifted away. I too drifted away at seven months old, 13 pounds. My mother abandoned me. I found yeah. these things out, these truths in life on my own because God paved the way for me to do that. I wanted yeah. to do that. I didn't just want to know who my mother was. 
I wanted to know who all of our mothers was. I wanted to know who all of our fathers was. When I was a child, I, you know, as they say, when I was a child, I did childish things. You know, when I was a child, yeah, I did some childish things, but I also did some very oh, beautiful things. I also sat around yeah. my elders, Melo. I also wanted to know the facts about life, not just that show with Tootie and all them, the facts of life, the facts of life. Yeah. I really wanted to know about the facts of life, not the birds and the bees and stuff. And I used to always wonder, why would y'all tell people, you know, as kids about birds and bees? What the heck does that mean? And then you guys tell me, my mom tell me, I'm going to take you to the doctor. And if that rabbit dies, then I'm going to take you to the farm where all the pregnant girls go. What do you mean if a rabbit dies? What if, what, what am I not trying to kill a rabbit, mom? <laughs> <laughs> all these little things that people would say to, the, to, to children. You know, my adopted mother, she was just like, I mean, if you're going to put, it's something about children, as they say, you know, children are supposed to fear their parents like they fear the Lord. You right. guys know that? They're supposed to fear you like they fear the Lord, but yet you guys are fearing them like they're God. You guys are sitting up here, and I sit back and just Twitter, and I've been in every group home, foster home you can think of. My name should have been Kunta Kente, goddammit. Shit, they should have chopped <laughs> off my goddamn toe. My feet, my legs, my arms, all that. As much as I tried to run away from all them group homes, my damn. I was in <laughs> Henry Horner, you name it, Polina House. I was there. I was in over 150 foster homes. Can you, 150. Until one point, one foster home, I remember I couldn't make it to the, um, and I kind of cry when I, I, you know, because when you tell the story, you got to relive the story. Amen. So yeah. I couldn't make it to, to the to the bathroom, to the to toilet, rather. And her name was Miss Green. And I'll never forget this. And I, I used the bathroom on myself when I was like four years old. And she literally took the back of my head and like you would a dog and put my head down on that floor and told me, don't you ever do that to me. I mean, I went through some horrific crap. You understand? Yeah. This is why I love children. There's so many children that are going through some horrific craps. Why? Because mom and daddy didn't want them or they were abandoned or something happened to them. You guys think you're giving them up and putting them in the system where they can find a family and someone that they can love them and all this other stuff. Bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah. some, some places are good and some places are bad but you know the experiences that I have been through and what I have seen others have been through have gone through I don't ever want to see again and I've been trying to sue Department of Children Family Services since I was 18 years old since I was no longer the ward of the state and I wasn't really uh, no longer ward of the state until I was 21 from seven months old. So that was my mother and father. I was, you know, you know, the Audi home. I was a Thorazine baby, a Mellorol baby, Haldol baby. And if you say, why, you know, why was drugs, you know, into this young girl system? They were trying to make me a statistic so I can be out there like a hype or, you know, as one would say, when you, you know, they, they can't handle their problems, so they go get high and they do that and the other. No. 
I refuse to be like that, Melo. Right. I refuse to be a statistic in life. I want to tell people things realistically about life. That's why I said reality talk. I don't really care about, you know, um, what people think about me. I, I really don't. It's what I think about you. You know, and when you say again, as we, you, I don't have, I have a problem with trusting people. And when you say far as the marketing with yeah. all the things I've been through in life, and yeah, I do have plenty, amen, that I'm sitting on, sitting with. But who do I trust? All that I've been through in life and I've been saving and I'm doing this march and I've got, what What do I, tell me how, what next step, what would you advise me to do? If this is my first time ever dealing with marketing and stepping into that phase of marketing, how could you explain to someone like me with an experience in life like me that have a trust issue like me, but yet need to save money like me? How could you rescue someone like me that don't really trust everybody with marketing? Uh, well, first, let's get to these messages. Of Thank you. It just uh, amazes me how God can just keep you connected with what you need to hear at the right time. Amen. And it, it, it speak, it, it, Oh, God, help me. It goes along with what King of Steel was saying. We serve a God that's not going to get you connected to people that will lead you astray. He's not going to put you on the right path only to watch you uh, be detoured and destroyed. And what I'm about to say um, today, you know, I'm married and me and my husband's been together for 13 years. And today, this day, not even an hour ago, uh, a child he's not a child anymore he's a grown man uh-huh. and he was brought up in the system uh come to find out the mother was pregnant uh, by my husband and she was young and so was my husband at the time and when cps took the girl and she was pregnant they also became rulers over her child and as she got older uh she lost track of what her child was well fast forwarding the boy found her and her and him having a wonderful relationship together but he still wants to meet his father and i thank you reality speaks uh, reality talk for yeah. your testimony and what you're saying right now and not only does that take a lot of courage it does edify why your name is reality talk and uh, i just want to thank you i thank you for that um that compliment because uh, i tell you the, the things in life your test in life becomes your testimony of life mm. and the reason why i speak and why Melo allows me to speak because Melo knows my heart first of all and yeah. the depthness of my heart is real and I don't know or I can't say I don't care about how someone actually feels about my heart because I even questioned God and, and I said you know and that's kind of I don't know if that's the iffy thing and I said you know I was met my mother when I was 23 and I she said I just gave birth to you 
these are my children. My mother had 18 children. So I sat in a room by myself at 23, drinking beer and smoking weed and just beating myself up. So it's feeling so bad and mellow. And, and I just kept saying, you're ugly, you're this and that. And, you know, and I, <laughs> the color code and you're talking about being mixed. I, I tried to sit in the sun to be darker, to be accepted. And I just heard this spirit say to me, that's enough beating yourself up. That's enough. Yeah. I said, okay, God. And I knew it was him. I said, okay, God, you spoke to Moses with a burning bush. I don't see a bush in this room. He said, I'm speaking to your heart, which is on fire like that bush. Listen, I want you to turn the initials around from DCFS. DCFS means Department of Children Family Services. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to turn it around to SFCD. Turn it backwards. That's DCFS backwards, which means set free Christ disciples. That means mm. that there's restitution for you and many other families that have been victimized by the system. And that's what I've been trying to do. And ever since I've been trying to do that, and he said, I'm going to tell you one thing when you kept saying, you know, the worst rejection, your mother, your mother. And I, I remember him saying to me, and I'll never forget that the feeling that I had, you know, when he said this, he said, the worst rejection would be if I rejected you. And, and I asked him, why did you give me this heart? You know, and you know, I'm about to cry. And I said, you know, people think that I'm a lame because I love you so much, you know. And, you know, yeah. excuse me, Mello. And he said, you know what? When your mother and father has forsaken you, you belong to me. So your heart is just as pure as mine. You have that heart, everything that everyone wants. You have that, which I've never had to want for nothing. I never had to need for nothing. And even when my family is like, well, how are we going to get through this? Or what we, and I would sit back and say, you know what? My son remembers me walking through the house with the Bible open and just praying through the whole house. And every time when he would go to school and we will always pray and I would always say at the end of our prayer, it's already done. And my son knows that. And my son even asked me at one point, he was eight years old. He said, Mom, I used to pick them up and turn off the ceiling fans, right? And they were so tall, you know. And he said, Mama, one day, can you, you know, can you just pray that I'd be so tall that I can reach the ceiling? I want, you know, because my son, would, he would sleep with the basketball. You don't know. I'm just, just a figure, you know, saying. And, and I said, okay, I'll pray. I'll pray. I'll pray for you, son. It's already done. And my son is six, get this, six, seven. He was six, four at the eighth grade and have every scout that is looking for him. My son is like a basketball legend. He said, I want to bring Chicago back up. At one point, he wanted to be a police officer until all this stuff was happening. I said, why do you want to be a police officer? He said, I want to be a police officer and a pastor. He said, because when I arrest somebody, mama, I want to be able to read the word of God to them so they know not what they, whatever they did wrong. <laughs> I don't want them to make the mistake and do it again. And he was saying that when he was in the eighth grade. So with that being said, my only son, because I lost a son, his, his brother's name is Jazar Ramon. But with that being said, ha, huh, 
I'm happy that I have a son. I'm glad that I taught him, you know, about Christ. And I'm glad that I taught him about the creator, about all those beautiful things. But what I'm trying to say to you, Mello, real quick, before you, uh, we press this button, yeah. you know, it's important what we teach our children. It's important what we say to them. It's important what we do around them because they're picking up on everything we, we, we're doing. When I was right. in a group home, I used to always say, I want a, a family. I wish to God I, I'll have this and that and the other. And now that I have the children, I give them the best. I do the best I can for them. And the minute they told me that I had cancer, when they put that big thing down on me, and I looked up and I said, okay, I asked everybody, why are you all leaving the room? I yelled out. They said, because we don't have cancer. They said it that boldly, like, almost like, you know, we ain't got cancer, bitch. You know, almost, you know, excuse me, God, but that's that's how they sound to me, you know? Yeah. And in, anyway, I, you know, once they left the room, I can just hear that big, gigantic thing coming down real slowly. And I close my eyes, God, please don't let it, you know, not a screw or bolt or anything fall, but, you know, come <laughs> out. But I was yeah. thinking, when I get up off this table, I'm going to be the best mama. I'm a, I mean, the best person that I could possibly be. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to enjoy people. I'm going to enjoy, as God would say, love creatures big and small. Even if somebody pisses me off, I'm going to pray for them and love them anyway. I know it sounds corny, but you guys have to understand, nobody knows, honestly, what happens after 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 this life other than what we've been told and i know what i've been told whatever you release down here on earth so shall it be well reality you've been doing a great job because you know you had me deliver all those coats and shoes to the kids so big ups to you and keep on going your inspiration i appreciate that i do I, I know exactly the struggle with having cancer. Uh, it seems like when my marriage first began and we were like still newly wedding, enjoying our seal of bun, bond uh, of togetherness, it was like I got diagnosed with a fourth stage of lymphoma, Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And that was a big it was a it was a it was a hit but again we met in the church we've been steadfast in the lord we were standing so i completely understand reality how you feel when you said that that pressure that big you know feeling but again along with that i also found out that i was pregnant with twins now during that time you couldn't have chemo treatment while being impregnated because they had yet to find a treatment that could uh treat the cancer and save the kids she is so right and i undergo uh 23 cycles of this treatment called LVD, uh, LAVD and it was a treatment that they had found that could treat me while I was pregnant. It was a guaranteed no birth defects but they couldn't guarantee any development that it wouldn't affect the development of the children as they grew older and I could never forget the time when they first started my treatment I had got real sick 
you know you know when something's entering the body and the spirit don't want to yeah. accept it and it was just it was almost taking me I couldn't help myself to the bathroom I couldn't eat oh, and I remember the words from my husband when he looked at me and he said we could always have more kids oh. but I can't get another you Oh, that is so old. And with that being said, I understand that heaviness. I really do. In a spiritual realm as well as a physical realm. And that's why this topic, I tuned in to it. Because it's more to just walking in a spirit. It's a lifestyle. And it's real. Because I didn't realize how bad I really wanted to live until they gave me a diagnosis that I was about to die. Yes. You are so old. Bless your heart for number one for coming forth with the truth because when you are dealing with that mellow, I'm telling you, it's almost like you said, death sentence. And far as cancer, you can hear the stories about it and all this other stuff. But as a mom, you know, and you're looking at your children, I don't want to cry, but it's like, Father God, these children, they're you know these are my babies I can't even imagine living or they living their lives without me but honestly my children actually made me stronger they made me stronger and I was able to fight off the cancer certain cancers and the faith that I had and I love you my daughter just left the room my 23 year old her birthday is December 18th and I just you know the faith that I had because they say faith without work is dead and I pray for the things that I wanted and not only that praying for it I act upon it and I told you I never used to talk like this and I hate to say it but it's true when you're telling a testimony you got to come forth you know even in front of those that didn't know you know I messed with the Ouija board at 17 years old I messed with all that stuff I had no knowledge do you understand I had no mama, daddy, nobody to steer me in the right direction, even though I went to Catholic schools, I went to Lutheran schools, I married somebody who was Jehovah's Witness, I, you know, dealt with the Mormons, I, you know, all that, did and dab and then some, but the thing is, I realized church within your heart, within, you had to seek the truth from within before you start following others, you know what I'm saying, because yeah. I'm, a I'm not a follower. I'm a leader, man. Yes, the children do make us stronger. They yes. admit they was. I really believe that. That's why today uh, they. I've been in remission, going on four years now. Yes. The girls are seven years old. They're healthy. They A and B students. So he does reign, and you are so correct. Reality, you, it, it. The children is that knit. They're like that glue to everything. You know, everyone you just want to throw in that towel. And you look at that child, it only inspires you, it encourages you. It, it, that, the, the, the replica of that child, it shows your whole walk, your whole story, amen? Even some of the stories you kept secret. Yes. Melo, I thank you for, you know, even coming with this platform tonight. Because I'm like tearing up with what she's saying because for those that have never been through cancer, I've had the smallest dose first with the chemo. It's called the medicine, you know, for those that, you know, no, I'm not lying, but tuxin. I told the doctors, that, you know, what you see on, on the pictures, that's my hair. That's me. Yeah. And I've done it in front of, you know, Melo and my, I mean, 
this is that I was like, oh, I love my hair. My hair is my strength. I don't want to lose my hair. And he was like, okay, University of Chicago, and, you know, here. And they were like hematologist oncologist, Dr. Justin Klein, the best, the best hats off, hands down. And my faith, these guys, him and Mary Lappy, oh my God. I love those guys. I don't know what what didn't work for you, as they say, what didn't work for some worked for others, but I'm telling you, he works. He worked for me. And the faith, see, you gotta walk by faith and not by sight. You gotta feel his love, the love from within. You know, and, and, and when you are sincere, the word sincere, meaning that this is real, this is what I want, and my love for my children, not just for my children, but for other people's children. Let me tell you something. In the midst of that prayer, when I said, you know, he spoke to Moses with a burning bush. Remember I told you that? And the rest of the statement was that he mentioned, as long as you take care of the children, I will take care of you. Do you understand that? Yeah. As long as you take care of the children, what? I'll take care of you. Your butt ain't listening. Eh, anyway. <laughs> but I've well, been no, taking well, care no. of the You know what's funny? Because um, I think I've shared this with you in, in private, but we're being transparent. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of credit for having a, a really uh, a really strong mind. And that's where I'm at right now. And I got a lot of credit for that. And I'm gr- I'm thankful for the credit. But people don't know this, but I used to suffer from, uh, I think I've told you, uh, I once had suicidal thoughts at one point. I had depression. Yeah, yeah. Um, God bless you. And he became if I was walking down the street right now, you would not know. You would never know. Because... Uh, it was a battle it was an internal battle why because again going back to words um, and the power of words um, I was surrounded by people who didn't want anything for themselves they were comfortable with where they were at and I was feeling this um, sense of love yeah not just a sense of low but like this urge like this is not for you these people are not for you this this direction that you're going in is not for you and I was trying to break free from that on my own and it wasn't working and I was letting what people had said because I was told that nobody would care. I was told that nobody, if I wrote a book, like nobody would buy it. Nobody would care. I was told that. I was told that um, I was questioned a lot. I was questioned why would I want to go in the direction of writing books? Um, Why would I want to start a business? Why would I want to do this? Why would I want to do that? Uh, I was questioned a lot behind that. And it took a lot of mental building, not physical fighting, but mental fighting for me to 
just break just be bold enough to break away from that yes you know so yes bold enough bold enough you hit it to be Uh, bold enough to break away from it amen so yes i have a strong mind yeah i very much do but but i need people to understand that that's a work that wasn't something that i just was just born into like that's a work amen and I even talked about that in my last book that I wrote. I said, uh, and I meant what I said when I said that um, I will die before I go back. I will not allow anyone to tell me or convince me um, that a low mindset is okay. Yes. It's not okay. Yes. yes. It's okay to have off days. Don't get me wrong, you know, because nobody is at 100% all the time so we have our off days but to allow somebody to to keep me there permanently yes no you're gonna have to kill you're gonna have to kill me mentally right right you're gonna have to kill me because i'm not letting you do that i'm just not and i accept that because i look at it that way now um i'm not gonna be liked by everyone and i'm fine with that I'm fine with not being liked by everyone because I won't allow them to have that much control. Oh, I, um, I will not. I will not allow that. So um, it took work for me to get there, like I said, you know, but uh, I need somebody to understand this and take that in. I don't know who this is meant for, yes. but it's meant for somebody to hear that. I don't know who. I don't know who's listening. If so, please chime in. Let me know how you feel about it. Please do. But um, yeah, I did suffer from depression and, and suicidal thoughts at one point. And uh, how did you overcome I, that? If you don't mind me asking, you are so candid and open about you were like that. You said you hear what I'm saying. You said you were. So yeah, what changed that word until I'm not like that anymore, amen. Um, it was a couple of things. Uh, one, it was changing my circle. Mm-hmm. Um, being around people that want to pursue greatness and aren't afraid. That helps. Being around people, being around people that uh, you share ideas with and they're excited. They're not. It's not like you share an idea about a business idea and their response like oh okay (laughs) like what do you mean oh okay like i hate that i really do like don't don't ever tell me that um but it's change it's small changes you know it's small changes that build up over time so i changed my circle i changed uh even the people that i was around on social media You know, people that were always going through stuff. I changed that and I got around people who are thriving and people that are really succeeding in whatever they're doing, even if it's different from what I'm doing. So I made changes. I made small changes. I changed my self-talk. Instead of feeling attached to my phone, I leave it at home and I go for a walk. Like I've, I've made small changes that led up to um, my mental strength that I have right now but it was small changes over time 
so that that was how I got over it like just making small changes and deciding for myself that I don't like this outcome I, I don't like the people that I'm around I, I don't like people that just aren't up to anything I didn't like it um, especially when I started um, finding things to pursue you know especially when I started making those changes that I wanted in other people so yeah that's what it was it was small changes over time that kind of led me here so that's how I was able to like get over that eventually so by doing all that now do you feel a difference in your life letting go serving elements and serving people as you just said did, did, did that make positive impact on your life now your goals your decisions yeah yeah I mean that's why now I'm so um as you said I am so candid you know because I've been around people who are candid and I believe that you are the average of the five people you speak to so if everybody that you're talking to is not about anything and you're the only person that's about something then your momentum will last for a while but it won't be long lasting momentum you'll go back exactly. to how you were thinking before because the people around you are not up to anything they're not doing anything so I do believe that you are the four uh, you are the average of the four people you talk to so if you're talking to people that are about wealth and empowering others and building a legacy for themselves and they don't take no for an answer and they know what they want and they're willing to do whatever it takes to go get what they want then that's just naturally going to rub off on you it's natural so i think that has attributed to um just my experiences you know because i love to travel so in interacting with you and the fact that you like to travel okay so now we can find some shit to do we can find some place to go let's go somewhere like um and that was another thing you know uh, because even when I got we can even talk about that because when I got bit with the travel bug um, I was always going somewhere and the problem Mm -hmm. the problem was that the people that I wanted to go could not go Either either they didn't have the funds or they just were doing something different that day or for whatever reason but they just could not go and so um, so that also made me change my circle so now I talk to people who travel who like to travel I talk to people who um, who are excited to hear about travel plans and that type of thing yeah. you know what I mean so like just changing your circle it reveals a lot it really does and it does. um it'll open you up to a lot of new stuff that you would not be thinking you would not have been thinking about before so if anyone takes anything away from just that like be willing to make changes to your circle keep some of your day ones keep some of them because if they've been around but be open be open to new people because your day ones don't always have all the answers Absolutely. i hate to say it but they just don't 
they don't have all the answers. Um, so if I could leave anybody with that, it would be that. Like, don't be afraid to make changes to your circle. And your circle should be a nice blend of day one people, but also new people. Like, new people that could take you new places. So if I could drop any nuggets, it would be that. Like, be, don't be afraid of meeting new people. your boundaries, or when you say, sorry, uh, to step out the box... What mm-hmm. do you mean, like, far as stepping out the box, like, out the state, out the... What is it exactly? What do you mean? Um, Not just stepping out of state, but being around people who challenge your thinking. Mm-hmm. If you're around people that just disagree with you, you're with the wrong people. <laughs> Everybody in your circle should not be agreeing with you. Not to say that they should disrespect you, but they should challenge you at some point. Exactly. Like, if nobody is challenging you, then you're in the wrong circle. You should make changes to your circle. Um, and I only say that because I, a lot of... What do you mean by challenging them? Um, okay, so, like, for example, right? Like, we had a... We had a very brief challenge with each other on the COVID thing. Right. right that was our little like mini challenge it doesn't mean i'm against you it doesn't mean you're against me but you have a very strong opinion about the covid you do you have strong opinions about the covid so if i couldn't handle that if i couldn't handle you having a strong opinion about the covid yeah. then i would have been very defensive when you approached me about it but because i can handle it we just had a dialogue. It was just a conversation. It was just a talk. It wasn't um, It wasn't us having an argument or a debate or nothing like that. Well, it was a debate, semi, but, mm-hmm. um, but, but there was nothing negative about it. I didn't get defensive. You didn't get upset with me. It was just, it was just a talk. Now, but, that, but that's because you're strong-minded like that. That's because you're... Um, we're both strong-minded people so we can handle that but if you were around somebody that couldn't handle it then that conversation would have went way different yeah if we couldn't handle the um the ending of it so that's what i mean by like by being around somebody who challenges you because iron sharpens iron so yeah so that's what i meant that's what I meant by, by challenging.